All right, we're live. David Gerard, famous anti-Bitcoiner, anti-blockchain, wrote a book about it, edits the Wikipedia for... What do you edit the Wikipedia for? Which topics? Whatever I feel like. Okay. Crypto, because I know it. Yeah. Uh, pile of stuff on. Isn't there like special rights? Like you, you get special rights if you've been doing it for a long time or something? Um... So I'm an administrator. I've been one since 2004, but admins aren't moderators. Um, nobody runs Wikipedia. Okay. It's functionally it's an anarchy. So the first thing that people did when there were no rules was they construct the most Byzantine bureaucracy you can imagine. Right. Because people who aren't anarchists, it turns out they like having lots of set out rules, and they'll definitely write lots of set out rules for everyone. So, so, so I got a question for you. When there, I know there's a lot of controversy regarding. Um, cryptocurrency on wikipedia because that's how we got in touch again i think we might have chatted like a very long time ago but i don't remember it um so what, what is that about like i know if you try to put up a cryptocurrency page a, a lot of times it just won't go up like they'll just delete it yeah um so we have a great big problem on wikipedia because every bugger wants to get their business into wikipedia and we have a massive massive spam problem because spammers are just assholes. So the answer, the, the short form of everything I will say about it is spammers mean we can't have nice things. Right. Um, so that applies to cryptos, yeah. which are like a fire hose of spam. And particularly in the bubble in 2017, right. the volume of spam got so huge that the administrators were dealing with just buckets of spam on a daily basis. And a poll of admins unanimously voted for really stringent, harsh restrictions on crypto. Huh. Okay. Um, because the spammers were just a plague. Right. Um, so I've got to, all of this stuff is not unique to crypto. That's important, right? Right. It's business and everything. Before I started writing a book, like late 2016, I was spending a lot of time actually tracking down just your run of the mill spammers. Right. Who just wanted to fill up uh, Wikipedia with ads. Right. That's not what it's for. I don't think it'll ever stop. I mean, oh, yeah. it's weird. It's like, so you have this, I won't call it a tragedy of the commons, but, but it is a war for attention. So it's like, it's like a, it, it, the attention economy. People have a finite number of space for icons on their front page of their phone. If you're on the front page, you get to be a, a bazillionaire. If you're not, you barely exist. And in, in crypto, it's uh because of the spam, if you try and if there's like an important, so like when Bitcoin Cash came out, you couldn't hear about it or talk about it in the Bitcoin Reddit. And when Ethereum came out, you couldn't hear about it or talk about it in the Bitcoin Reddit. And that's good moderation. However, it leaves a lot of people without knowledge they might have derived great benefit from. And so it's, so it's a spectrum between moderation <laughs> and censorship. It's not right. the same thing, but there's a line between them. Yeah. I mean, the Wikipedia line, the compromise my, my article on this in the wikipedia signpost has circulated widely um what i say there is basically i was describing how it works in practice which is the way w which we controlled the spam was we got super hard assed on sourcing like theoretically everything in wikipedia is supposed to be sourced solidly you know and like we have super hard restrictions on anything that's medical for example for obvious reasons you know and people expect that of us right right like sing, even single studies don't count. It's got to be studies of studies or studies okay. of studies of studies or right. whatever. But um, so 
the way that we get hard-assed with sourcing on this was we went, no, it's got to be in actual mainstream reliable sources or in peer-reviewed academic papers um, because those obviously get a pass. Now, there's a lot you could argue about that, like, isn't Coindesk pretty good? Isn't the block pretty good most of the time, sometimes? Well, yes, yeah, sort of, but also sort of not, you know. Right. Um, and... Um, well, it's hard. I mean, that's especially hard for a fledgling industry yeah. where, you know, there's no entrenched giant monopoly companies that are just throwing money at researchers to publish for fun. So it's, there's I mean, sort of, I, there's a, there's a sort of thing called academic washing that goes on where hmm. companies and crypto exchanges and so forth will fund research and I didn't um, know that. <clears throat> Ripple does this a whole lot. All right. um, they fund <clears throat> a lot of academic work. I mean, there's a whole there was a whole FT Alphaville series on basically the academic washing of crypto. I didn't know that. And, um, they, learning they learning new things. Really, some particularly egregious examples, you know, a really dumb and bad report from the London School of Economics, which was basically an eToro advertising piece. Interesting. In, in practice. Right. And um, they've toned it down a bit since, but, you know. Um, but nevertheless, if it's peer-reviewed academic, it's got a good chance, you know, if it isn't in a really bottom of the barrel journal or whatever right. or if it's in if it's in mainstream press like newspapers like ft bloomberg wall street journal new york times right. sort of those are sort of publications that are called what we call reliable sources like no right. one has ever been quoted in a newspaper they'll laugh hollowly if you say reliable source are you but um they're they're mostly okay and crypto is getting decently covered so we actually right. have a lot of material for anything that's the least bit noteworthy okay well i mean i i, I haven't i gotta tell you i haven't really read the wikipedia for for cryptocurrency so i don't know if it's good or bad or it's not a great source for crypto it's sort right. of the main it's sort of a good source for what um is mainstream knowledge of cryptos okay i would not like I'll use a lot more sources, but you know, right. my blog's not a suitable Wikipedia so, source. So let's get into the juicy stuff, since I think I think what yeah. everyone wants to see is blood sport. Basically, they want to see us uh, attack each other. I, I have a history of slaughtering my debate opponents terribly. I don't think that's going to happen here because I think we're going to find a lot of stuff we agree on. But hey, maybe who knows? Maybe we'll find an Whoa. edge case that's exciting. Um, so let's talk about. Uh, why the blockchain sucks and what's wrong with Bitcoin and hammer it. Like you can, you can go and let me know why it sucks so bad. And I'll probably agree with a lot of it. <clears throat> so, I mean, the idea of Bitcoin is really interesting. Like it's absolutely fascinating technically, you know, I mean, I don't <clears throat> want to, there's not a new lot new technically in um, Bitcoin. There's all, all the technical advances. I think the last one was 2003 um which was a um system with a merkle tree ledger and proof of work with voting to decide who got the uh correct version of the blockchain yeah. um it wasn't called the blockchain then it was just a ledger kept in a merkle tree mm -hmm. but um and not all of that was using old ideas right that's yeah, all it's all, it's so all, what, all of this the only the only and like adam back likes to say that bitcoin is basically hash cash with a with a schedule for uh, emittance for inflation. So it's like hash cash with inflation control. I don't want to be down on what Satoshi did. He actually came up with a really interesting idea. 
and it was an innovation, you know, but it yep. was an innovation that built on the shoulders oh, of, sure. of, of giants. And that's why the paper has a pile of credits at the end. Yep. And, and it's not just, it's not just the Bitcoin white paper and the Bitcoin ecosystem, but it's also the Bitcoin software. So Bitcoin doesn't have a spec. Bitcoin spec is the software. Yes. So you can't like, you can't write your own client implementation to meet a spec because there isn't one. You, you just try and Bitcoin D. exactly yeah. you're trying to match bug for bug Bitcoin D to not fall out of consensus failure with it. So you have to have exactly the same bugs it has exactly when it has them, which is why Satoshi didn't believe that multiple implementation was a good idea. And, and in that, in that code, it is also built on the back of giants. So originally it used an open source DB called Berkeley DB. Now it uses an open source DB called level DB. It uses an open source, uh, QT front end, you know, it, Every, nearly everything that is in the Bitcoin code, which is Bitcoin, the network, basically, um, it's all open source, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> which, um, is the only way it could work. Cause by the late 22, by the late two thousands, open source had basically won, you know, kind of, I'm it didn't win the desktop. The it won everywhere, but the desktop. Yeah. Even that, you know, Chromebooks probably count. Um, uh, when you start dis uh, when you try and use only open source Chromium, you lose some features. They, yeah, they may, they, they wall their garden enough. I'm deeply, deeply familiar with this stuff. I'm a sysadmin <laughs> by day. It, it's been my problem for 20 odd years. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, this is my, I'm, I'm in there with you. I also am a sysadmin and, uh, it's, it's a lot of hard work. You know, the dark patterns that you see these days, you go to install a new Windows 10 client because you have to, because they stopped supporting Windows 7. And you install it on an older motherboard and it's just not supported. And now you have to hack it. You're like, oh, uh, there's just not drivers for this. So I have to hope that these other drivers from Win 8 work because there's no <laughs> Win 10 drivers. And then you go to boot your new Windows 10 system that you're forced to use or you'll, have, or you'll be insecure. And the first thing it asks you is to set up an account and ask you for an email address. You want to give us an email address or you want to set one up? And then hidden down at the bottom, away from where anyone would normally go, it says offline only, offline setup. And you're like, oh, yep. here's where I don't have to dox myself to you. Yes, that one, please. And they just, just constantly dark pattern you. And then the next screen you get is how much of your privacy do you want to give away now? Do you want to give away your location? Do you want to have a unique advertising ID? Do you want to give away your typing? Do you want your like... No, I don't want to give away anything to you assholes. I don't even really want to use your software. I wish open source actually did win. Like, I mean, I'm here on a Linux desktop, but that's because I'm a control addict, you know. If you played games, it doesn't work. If you don't oh, play absolutely. games, you love Linux. The family's uh, massive gaming rigs are Windows 10 boxes. Yeah, they just shut it well, down. It does quite well yeah. for the job, if you don't mind having your ass online. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And look, who do, who isn't online? Who actually turns off location services? Who like who actually like the amount of privacy people could get out of their devices? I, I, and here's the thing: even if you do everything you can to protect yourself, all your friends doxed you anyway because all your friends gave away their contact list that has your phone number with your name right in it. So they don't need it from you; they got it from a hundred other people already. Yeah, I mean, I know all this stuff intimately because I've been following it for decades, yeah. um, but. In practice, I'm a white middle-aged suburban bloke who's quite well off, and I am very thoroughly part of the system, and it knows everything about <laughs> me because I'm the bloke that it was all set up to benefit. Yeah. And I, 
I do w really well out of the system as it is. It's I agree. Great. Here I am live streaming but, to YouTube on Google, the, the monopoly that I wish was regulated as a utility that doesn't allow you to do crypto advertising. Hi, guys. I'm on their system because I don't have a choice. Or I have a, I have a choice to screw myself and have 100x less viewers. That's my choice. You can go to one of the lovely open source platforms that nobody uses. Exactly. And has no money. Exactly. So, so blockchain sucks. Um, uh, let me tell you why I think blockchain sucks. And then if I miss something, you could pile on. I Absolutely. think it's the world's most expensive, slowest database. Yep. I don't actually think it's that reliable. Um, so people say Bitcoin has 99% uptime. It's not actually true. When there's a hard fork, all the exchanges and all the people of merit stop accepting it until the hard fork gets resolved because they don't want to be on the wrong side of the fork and lose a lot of money to a double spend or an orphaning. So it's not actually 99.9% .9 uptime. Although in theory, I guess if you're okay taking the risk of being orphaned off, then I guess it is. Um, it's, uh, it does invisible data rot. So if you write data to the blockchain, you don't know whether that data just disappeared or not because you don't know whether it got orphaned or not. So you manually have to run you your own. throw it into the network and it might get accepted in the next block. Well, it might get accepted and then unaccepted. So there are orphaned blocks at the end where two people will find a valid hash and roll their version of the chain and reward themselves a block reward. And when that happens, one of them has to be orphaned away because they're both valid and they both saw the network at the same time. And so emergently one of them has to be authoritative and the other one just gets orphaned away. Like it never happened. And this happens constantly in Ethereum because of 10, yep. uh, 10 second blocks, but you know, it's built for well, that. Ethereum does that uncle mechanism, which right. is like, it's a hack, but it's a bit of a clutch, but it's like. It works awesome. Well, it works. Yeah. I mean, Ethereum 10 second blocks is awesome. Blockchain state is a bit of a dubious concept at times, but it sort of shambles along. I mean, it works. Ethereum is another one that's really technically interesting. Yeah, um, I mean, it, I think Ethereum is amazing, and it, it wasn't amazing two years ago. It is amazing now. So, I'll, I'll finish talking about why blockchains suck in general. So, if you don't need censorship resistance, you should never, ever, ever, ever use a blockchain ever. And if you don't take my word for it, take the NIST, the National Institute of Standards in the United States that runs the world's you know, most accurate atomic clock, sets the time for the United States, sets the security parameters for the intelligence services. Those guys uh, say that you should only use a blockchain if you need censorship resistance, and they made a flowchart for it, and you can Google yes. NIST flowchart blockchain, and you'll find that it's just a very horrible, very slow, expensive database that has one advantage, and it is censorship resistance, and that's it. So unless you're, unless you're doing a currency, you probably do not need a blockchain. No one's trying to that censor your... That's the only use case. It's yep. a cryptocurrency. And like that has its own problems. But yeah, I mean, Bitcoin's a fascinating idea. But interesting is not the same as feasible or a good idea. Those are different things. And I think a lot of things about Bitcoin, you could really tell that this was the first paper and string mock-up to prove that this idea was even possible. Right. Well, he built the code before he published the white paper. Yeah. Which is very interesting. And um, the white paper sort of describes the code a bit. But um, not the inflation it's... amount, though. The, the, the halvening and the 50 block uh, reward, it's not in there. And that's kind of important. <laughs> a lot of, and this stuff isn't just a white paper. It's not even just Satoshi's words. It's a subculture, you know. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. I'm part of it. I agree. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, so what is blockchain good at? I mean, so did I miss anything? So it's slow, it's expensive, it has invisible data right. You got to verify that what you thought you wrote stayed wrote for like long enough time that you don't think it can be rolled back. And then even in that case, when somebody sends a single transaction with like a billion dollars in it, and Nick Zabo himself will tell you, the blockchain does not offer that service. You shouldn't do it. You're risking the security of the network because it is profitable for some miner to, to roll that transaction out. Like spread your transactions. Don't don't do a single billion dollar transaction. It it, it breaks the security model. Um, people don't realize that this this stuff is secure because of the game theory. And if you don't play within the parameters in the game theory, you can get your ass bit. You know. Yeah, and there's also the fact that it naturally centralizes, because kind of de decentralization is expensive. Yeah. Things tend to centralize because it's more efficient. It's less yep. robust, but it's more yep. efficient. Yep. And it was a nice trick trying to say, let's make the decentralization work by capitalism. But one thing capitalism is super good at is optimizing out anything that costs money. Vertical integration. Agree. And so yeah. by 2014, we had a 51% on one miner. And yeah. they backed off because they didn't want to break the system. But Maybe they did. You don't really know. Do You'll never know that they actually backed off because it's exactly. pseudo-anonymous. Yeah. Well, you can have 80% of mining pools standing on one stage together I th yep. that's not a more robustly decentralized nope. I would say no no it's not and it's all in China and China has a great firewall and they could turn those ports off or just send drone strikes to anywhere that they notice a node running uh, you know it's I believe that much of what blockchain people uh, think is security is security theater so for instance mining okay. yeah the bugs that we have in Bitcoin have come from actual bugs they haven't come from hash rate problems. Hash rate used to be a defense against attackers when anyone could become attacker. So when, when Bitcoin was on CPU, hash rate pr protected you from other botnets attacking. When Bitcoin was on GPU, it protected you from other botnets attacking. But now that Bitcoin's on SHA-256, there aren't any SHA-256 botnets. The only people that have SHA-256 hardware are the miners that you're paying. And therefore, you're paying the people that you don't want to attack you. It's a protection racket. You're not, you're not paying to protect yourself from another class. You're paying to protect yourself from the very people that you're paying. That sucks. And then what do they do yeah. with the, the money that they make? And Since it also is fundamentally, <clears throat> it's protection against the tax, uh, against the problem that you only have because the system's set up that way. It feels really self-inflicted. Well, it's like signaling. I mean, proof of work has existed in the animal kingdom for millions of years it's why we have colorful feathers and weird dances and, and so you know you have to have a signaling cost to verify that the signal that you got was authentic if it were free you'd get infinite signals and you wouldn't know which one was the true one so proof of work it is it is rooted in what is worked in biology and it's rooted in what works in game theory and it's the only thing that we found so far that uh is a little bit more robust i think proof of stake can work because the attacks are, I mean, even if proof of stake was an inferior system, it's because the attacks are so rare and so sparse and so hard for people to actually profit from, you don't actually need this, this fan fiction level of security that people think that you need because the attacks are so few. Like Dogecoin, when's the last time you've heard of Dogecoin getting attacked? It's worth $300 million. Why isn't anyone attacking it? It's got yeah. less hash rate. You know? It's still on GPUs. I like GPU mining. 
that's how I got into Bitcoin and it's how, I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I founded a cryptocurrency and it runs on Ethereum and I, I think GP mining is more distributed. I think it's less centralized. I think it's, uh, it's not a protection racket. And I love the fact that they're willing to get rid of the GPU. The, they're willing to get rid of the ASICs. If an ASIC finds a way to optimize to, to mine ET hash, which some of them have now, they're working on just first off getting rid of all mining entirely, uh, using Casper and second off, uh, changing the proof of work to get rid of those ASIC guys because they're the opposite of the game. They're, they're centralized. We don't want centralized. That's <clears> it. <throat> Ethereum's mining is even less decentralized than Bitcoin's. It's like got larger and fewer pools even than Bitcoin. I'd have to verify that. I'd have um, to verify that. Actually, I'd have to look. I haven't didn't look it up recently, but last yeah. I looked, it did. Okay. It was like, yeah. Because um, I advertise the opposite. I, I advertise it as being more distributed because you can do it on GPU. But if the GPU farms have now canceled that out through vertical integration, then maybe I have to revisit that. I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's, but it's much <clears throat> the same sort of problem. It isn't actually substantially more decentralized in practice, I think. Right. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever manage the proof of stake transition. It's been coming soon for six yeah. months for five years. Yep. I like um, that that turn of phrase. That's a good one. Coming soon for six months for five years. Yeah. Yeah. And I th I think that if they do go proof of stake, the trouble with proof of stake is it's really obviously them's what has gets. Yeah, I know. Um, so I think it will, I predict, I could be wrong. I, I think it'll centralize more and Ethereum will essentially become even more cartel-like. Like we already have things like, I forget the name of it. It's a thing that consensus operates that basically transactions and mining go through. I forget what it's called. It starts I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, so, but I, like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think you could get more centralized because I don't think you could get more centralized because how many places can you buy mining hardware for for Bitcoin now? Three? Something like that. Okay. And then like where it's all done 65% in China and 42% of all coins is held under 2000 addresses. You're like, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know how you could get much more centralized. It's the, the, the Ethereum ecosystem is totally different from the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Ethereum yeah. guys keep pushing new updates and new code and have their eyes on huge, um, advances and some things. So this is what I mean about Ethereum having changed in the last two years. Those dreams like sharding and Casper and things like that, they were just dreams. They have a lot of stuff in production now that isn't dreams anymore. So if you want anonymity, they've got ZK rollout or um, they've got ZK snarks running, working on tornado.cash. So you can anonymize your Ethereum if you want. Bitcoin doesn't have that. Ethereum has it now. If you want ZK rollups with just 100, 100x to 1,000x TPS throughput, that's now. It's working now. It's not, it's not like, oh, we have to fork something. We have to do something. You don't have to do anything. It works immediately right this second. So we've I got... Lot, the thing about Ethereum is it's not just the coin, Ether, although that's just a tradable commodity like Bitcoins. It's the fact that Ethereum is a platform, and that's where the real interest in it is. Dude, um, it's which, amazing. Like Which is it, what I th this is why I think that one, if they go proof of stake, it'll centralize even more. And two, that doesn't matter because that just provides a stable platform for people to do things on. And businesses are quite used to working on open but owned platforms. Right. I know you know, Like all the Windows software in the world is the obvious example. 
Yeah. So take take something that's one of the largest pain points in crypto, exchanges. You give them your money and you hope and beg and plead and pray that they actually give you what you want in return, whether it be coins or your money back. And a lot of times they don't. They go, oh, thanks for the money. But, you know, we're not actually going to send that back to you until you give us a selfie and a bank account copy and your address. And, you know, maybe even after you give us all that stuff, we still don't like you. We don't like where your coins have been or where you might send them. And so it's disgusting. Like crypto is designed to get rid of counterparties. That's its only claim to fame. It's what it was designed to do. Now people are recreating the thing that we're trying to kill. They're recreating the banks by making these exchanges. Exchanges have like 12% of all the coins on them. And they it's lose hundreds um, of millions of dollars every year or two. The crippling problem for the crypto economy is that there isn't really a crypto economy. There is very little economic activity conducted fully in cryptos, even if you take all of them. It's, it's not. I would say 5%. Darknet's real, and it's about 5% of total market cap probably. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's 200 um, million a year or something. Yeah, there's like there's no sort of circular flow of income where people are actually doing living their life their economic life in cryptos well very little of today today just like the first people to get fax machines had the same problem the first people to use email by gui had the same problem i believe that what you saw with wechat and paypal and other digital currencies even the dollar is a digital currency you just need one killer app that onboards 100 million users and then everyone's got a wallet, and then you have circular economies. That's... Be, I will be happy to be proven wrong on this, shown wrong on this one, but I'll have to be shown wrong. Well, I'm then working on it. Different. Like, I'm, I'm trying. Like, I'm literally... So, if you... So, for instance, the, the cryptocurrency that I invented, people overvalued it the first day. So, they valued it at $2 billion on the first day, which was unreasonable for a one-day-old coin. So, price had to come down. There just wasn't enough economic energy to hold that up for the the one-year launch phase. So, you know, the ratio or price dipped, but now that it appears to have found a bottom, it's going parabolic, and it's up uh, 3.8x, which is 381% in 27 days. This is Hicks. Yeah, and you can't... Basically, the reason that I think it's doing that is because... I mean, just yesterday, and I still am shocked at this. Like, I don't know why I'm shocked because I designed the system to cause this outcome. Like, this is exactly the outcome the system was designed to cause. And then it happened that I was like, damn, this is really working. So somebody bought, market bought $50,000 worth of Ethereum or worth of Hex. They transformed $50,000 of Hex into Ethereum on a distributed exchange called Hexdex, which is where we do all of our volume. Hexdex, yeah, Hexdex.win just forwards to Uniswap. Uniswap... I actually tried looking at the volume and there's like near zero on exchanges, but it's all on Uniswap. And it's exactly. It's on Uniswap, but it's Huge. still in Number the, seven. It's still tiny. It's like well, still, it's a tiny minor altcoin. It just came out. <laughs> it's it's 50, yeah. it's not even 60 days old. It's like, it's thin and illiquid like any uh, other altcoin of its it's more It's more liquid than most, uh, it's more liquid than most GDP pairs. The, the, the British pound, if you try and trade the, the British pound and you look at the liquidity on that pair, HEX is already more liquid than the GBP pair on a lot of exchanges. Good so forward. if you, yeah, if you want to, so right now I think there's two, $2.2 million of liquidity. Half of that's on the bid side, half of that's on the ask side. And so it's got an automated algorithmic market maker, which means that there's no scam wicks. So there's no like the, the, the order book thickness is always the same like no matter where you are, 
if that kind of makes sense. There's no like gaps. There's no like, there's no like, oh, well, there's no buy support at this level. There's no sell pressure at this level. So it's just a, uh, X times Y equals K. So if you have, if you have, if people put in more ETH, they, they, they send ETH in there and they take the hex out. Well, then the pool has more ETH and less hex and it just moves the price higher. And then, uh, it, it's, it is when people said Bitcoin would be programmable money, no one ever programmed it to do anything. Heck, no, Ethereum's programmable money. Yes. That exchange problem that Bitcoin has is fucking solved now, as long as you don't have to leave the chain. Then you have to use atomic swaps and it gets clunkier because you got to do two transactions. So if you want to go on the stable coin, like die, you can have a stable coin that doesn't have as much counterparty risk as say Tether, which has a bank account at the end of it. Die doesn't have a bank account that can say, hey, you know, we're screwing you over. Don't pay, don't pay anyone their money. That's in the Ethereum ecosystem. So the most, the most used cryptocurrency in the world, which is barely a cryptocurrency, which is Tether, is mostly in the RC20, and therefore it's already in the ecosystem, and you never have to get out of the chain. You never have to lose your trustlessness. So we're doing all our volume, with no AML, no KYC, no sign-up, no counterparty risk, audited contracts. It's perfect. It's what you wish Bitcoin had. You wish Bitcoin had a way to get into something else without counterparty risk, but it doesn't. Unless you use atomic swaps, which no one uses. It is, I have, we have atomic swaps built. Like we signed up uh, with a wallet that does atomic swaps called atomicswapwallet.io. And I even tried to promote it and say, hey guys, you know, look, this is really cool. Check it out. And it's too clunky. Those extra 10 or 15 minutes of waiting for the one transaction to go through and having to be online to sign the signature and having to have an IPFS connection, which drops on some VPNs, it's just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So Uniswap, God damn, it works. It works so, so, so well, so well. And you could you can trade any ERC-20 that's in the Uniswap ecosystem to get hacks. So it has like a ton of pairs. So, I mean, every day I think the liquidity goes up about another two or $300,000. So, I mean, if it continues to do that, we'll be number one, maybe in a month on Uniswap. And then the liquidity will be, I don't know, maybe 5 million, 10 million, something like that. Um, <clears throat> So I love the fact that we have real programmable money. I love the fact that we have real distributed exchange. I love the fact that we have anonymity. And now we can add margin products too without having to go to another system because someone already built the open source software that does it. So we have margin that we can plug in. We have scalability that we can plug in. It's all already done. Somebody just has to actually market the stuff because it's already, it's already here. It's awesome. Like I'm actually excited. And Bitcoin is nothing to talk about. What do you got? You got hash rate. You got price. Okay, what else do we got? On-chain transaction volume. Okay. Anything else? Hopefully they do that that privacy fork that they just uh, did the pull request for and, and release the BIPs for. Hopefully that gets in. It might not, but hopefully it does. Um, but that's that's it. There's nothing else to talk about. You're like lightning. Okay, yeah, it kind of works. It's still beta. It still has... Lightning. I mean, there's less liquidity. Lightning just cannot work there's all sorts of reasons it it's like lightning network is like in networking there is a saying with sufficient thrust pigs fly just fine <laughs> and that is lightning they have strapped a rocket to porky sent him into space uh, and they're saying look at his graceful swoops and turns quick add more fuel it's not and that it's, bad is it they're just pre-signed yes, it they're bad. just pre-signed transactions being traded on a 
on a secondary it only, tier. It only holds up because there's one devotee who's decided he's going to keep the whole system going. <laughs> and that's fine too, but you can't say it's running under its own steam. It's, they're just pushing shit uphill and as hard as they can, uh, hoping it'll take off. But well, the, th the thing is, like, with ZK roll do you know about ZK rollups? Not really. Okay. So basically, a ZK rollup is all, the Ethereum guys have had so many more developers and so much more funding for so long that they have the best developers now and they have the best zero knowledge cryptography developers. So there's this new branch of cryptography that uses uh, ZK snarks and ZK snips and ZK, all these other different things that, uh, that basically mean that you can do cryptography without knowing what you're doing it on. So you can anonymize all the inputs. So you can yeah. take data out of the blockchain and, and say, Hey, yeah, it's rather anamorphic. So we did a bunch of stuff. Look, here's our proof that it was valid but we don't have to tell you what we actually did. And so you get on-chain security guarantees with off-chain processing speed, and you get anonymity out of it as well as a side effect. So you don't have to have sharding and you don't have to have uh, lightning because you could do ZK rollups and they work now and you get the throughput now and you don't have to have all these weird security reductions. Pseudonymity or actual anonymity? actual provable anonymity i mean you still have an you still have an anonymity set i think right so so they'll know that a finite number of inputs went to the zk snark system but then when they come out of it then you don't know which one was what so i, I think i think you still have an anonymity set issue um but it, it should yeah. be provably anonymous sort of thing that sounds it, yeah it'll be anonymous if you do it perfectly but nobody does stuff perfectly and people fail up in all sorts of exciting ways maybe so there's probably a side channel in practice because there always is well so if it it depends on how large the anonymity set is it depends on if it's a default if it's a default and the anonymity sets large then it should be like monero and it should be fine but if it's like zcash and there's nobody uses nobody uses a security by default it's a six percent shielded ratio well then it's garbage so even monero um people fell up <clears throat> in side channel where large transactions went in and out because people are dumb about this stuff maybe yeah, maybe. But the good news is who's really watching? Everyone that gets fucked up gets fucked up from a side channel themselves. They never get fucked up from the blockchain first. They always got their IP leaked from a, fa a proxy failure, uh, their IP leaked from a server configuration failure where you just ask the server, hey, what's your real IP? And it tells you. Um, like the, everyone that gets screwed trying to play the anonymity game almost always gets screwed. I mean, look, Ross Ulbricht had the the alphabet boys at his door with pictures of his fake documents and he decided to stay in that house come on buddy get the fuck <laughs> like you're living in a squat house under a fake name you got caught motherfucker walk next door to a different squat house what's wrong with you like i don't understand <laughs> like everyone uh he had the greatest <laughs> everyone assumed that dread pirate roberts had the greatest operational security <laughs> in the world no no and he didn't no, he didn't even use a Dropbox. It was like. painful to hear it afterwards. It was like it offended my sense of running a computer properly. And 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 you're going to run like and he was a smart dark... guy. This is important, by the way. He was a smart guy, but oh. he was dumb in the smart way. You, know? well, you find a lot of that. I mean, uh, are yeah. you going to do your your super ultra illegal stuff in public where people can listen to your keystrokes? <laughs> and record them and then you know figure out what you're typing or how many cameras do you want to watch out for run my highly illegal drug exchange fucking like, dude, dude i don't know about any of this like this all seems very stupid and then it's you add he advertised the drug exchange from an email address with his real name 
as though, hey, guys, I just found what this cool drug up? exchange, ross.olbrick at uh, hotmail.com. You're like, dude, you, you can't fucking do that. You can't. So this is what I mean about he fucked up so many places that it doesn't matter whether he used Monero properly or not. And it didn't even exactly. exist back then, I don't think. Um, um, yeah, it's like security is not something you can put in a box and sell yeah. as a service, which you don't have to think about. It could be, but usually very much it doesn't work. I, so I'll yeah. tell you something. I wish that people sold boxes that just gave you anonymity. And like, here's a box that's designed to use, you know, WireGuard or OpenVPN or whatever implementation of a VPN software that, you know, works and is robust. And it does not give internet unless it goes to this anonymous cloud thing. Now, yes, your, your risk is still that the anonymous cloud fucks you or whatever, but at least you have a chance, right? At least you have some jurisdictional advantage where they might decline a subpoena, right? Um, bits of bits of encryption and so on work quite well. Like SSL has suddenly become universal because Let's Encrypt came online. Thank You're God. Still trusting Let's Encrypt, but you know it's better than trusting Verisign. As humans, they're somewhat trustworthy because you know they're a pretty good bunch of people, and they sincerely believe what they're pushing with Let's Encrypt. So fine. You're still trusting humans, but at least they're probably trustworthy ones. You know, worst case scenario, we all use one-time pads. We all exchange one-time pads and we do it over whatever open thing we want to do it and it just works. Like, oh, WhatsApp's not encrypted anywhere. All right, one-time pad. Like, you could make an offline one-time pad like helper that, I mean, there's, there's, we could make progress on these things, right? So the, the state of the system is a lot of things suck, but we could make progress on a lot of these things. I think that getting rid of centralized exchanges is awesome progress. I think anonymity and throughput that is, anonymity is planned to come to Bitcoin through uh, Taproot and uh, Schnorrscript and Schnorrsig. Um, those are just convenience, but the Taproot's the part that really brings the anonymity. Um, I, I, I think that the blockchain that we have now truly is wildly different than the blockchain that we had two years ago. Um, there is less on-chain volume. There is less retail acceptance. There is less ATMs. The ATMs that do exist require more AML KYC. There's a lot of things that suck, but some things are better. Anonymity is better. Be part of, if you want to be part of society and have money that works, fundamentally, society has very strong ideas about anything to do with money, custody of money, other people's money, and so on. That you're going to have regulation of some sort, you know. But the regulation's been favorable. The regulation has said, "Have fun, go to town." The regulation has been wonderful compared to what people thought might happen. When I got into Bitcoin, it was like, "Yo, they're going to shut this shit off. They're just going to turn it all off." That was never going to happen. Well, yeah. thank goodness. You know, it's it's like what they what we actually saw was they went looks fine, looks interesting, have fun, don't break any laws, okay? And yeah. that's what they've sort of kept to. When Pirate at Forty ran his Ponzi scheme in 2012, the SEC came down on him immediately because that's what they do. Good. They went, is this money? It's bitcoins. Are they worth something? Uh, yeah. Great. Right. Status Jack boot doing its job. Yeah. And fine. Good. Ponzi's are bad. Like it's yeah. So it's, it's weird. The weird thing about the blockchain is it makes you question some of these, these concepts regarding. So I think I'm an expert on scams because I've been scammed so many damn times and I've lost a lot of money and I've seen other people lose a lot of money and I read a lot. And so I've presented, I think a, a cogent framework for how to describe scams and categorize them. And I think I've come up with a way to combat them and, and I'll share it with you. It's pretty short. So everyone calls everything a scam. That is unfortunate because I believe that a scam needs intention 
And I think that people that start restaurants aren't scammers, but they usually lose all their money. <laughs> so are, are restaurant founders scammers? No, they're, it's, life is hard and building new things is hard, and particularly in industries that have been around for thousands of years. So starting a new restaurant is very hard. It doesn't mean that they're scams. Amazon dropped in price 95%. Now it's 50% of all commerce in the United States on the internet. Was it a scam because it dropped 95%? No. So dropping in price doesn't mean you're a scam. Losing all your money and going to business doesn't mean you're a scam. Having fraudulent statements or uh, mal intent, that makes it a scam. Mm. So I think a lot of things are overvalued, but doesn't mean they're scams. A lot of things are the wrong project done by the wrong team with the wrong incentives, and everyone loses all their money. But if they were just stupid people trying to do an honest thing, not actually a scam, just stupid people, right? Business is hard. Um, well, so, yeah. So what would so now let's look at Ponzi's. Ponzi's rely on fraud and and misstatements and, and deception. They say, hey, we have this business process which doesn't actually actually exist, and this business process is where all the profit comes, but it, that's actually a lie. And then they take the new money they get in from people and they give it to the old people and say it's profit, but really it was a principle from the new guys. And they're stealing from the new guys to pay the old guys, and they do that until it fails because it but can't meet its promises. But, you know, that can't possibly be true. Bernie Madoff cannot be a Ponzi schemer because I, I went to Madoff.com as of 2008, <laughs> and it said how Bernard L. Madoff Investments, you can trust this company because <laughs> our founder's name is on the door. Nice. Yeah, because... Our founder's name is on the door. Yeah. I put my personal reputation on the line <laughs> to prove that your investments <laughs> are being held by right. a trusted company. Well, that's what I think is funny about people that cry out for securities regulation is though that stops scams. It doesn't. It just changes how the scams operate. There's shitloads of scams that are securities and steal billions and billions of dollars. Madoff, Enron, Theranos, on down the list, billions and billions of dollars gone, and they're securities. So if you, if you want to fight scams, you got to fight scams. Crying for things to become securities doesn't actually stop the scamming. It just changes it. So, I mean, the SEC is not anti-business mm, or nope. out to douse the party. They literally nope. see their job as mm -hmm. um, promote capital formation. I, I think they but do also, a pretty good job with the limited resources they have. But they also, try. their other one is maintain fair, orderly, and efficient markets. And the mm -hmm. very first one is protect investors. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Is, I think that's good stuff. I mean, with when I did the book, it was like, I was really on the upslope of the bubble. I was going, oh my God, so many mum and dads are going to get skinned because yep. retail investors, we actually have the laws to protect retail investors. You can say, well, what if they want to get rich? I mean, the rich allowed to get rich. And that's a fair enough objection. But on the other hand, whenever we relax those regulations, mum and dads get skinned. So it's always a balance there. And then, so I had this moral quarter of the book, which was, we've got to protect the retail investors. Whoa, don't touch it for you. It's gambling you know, buy 10 quid of ether and watch it go up and down and up and down. You'll learn a lot. I but, think, I um, think, I think that you did harm that you don't realize that you did. So this, this, this fits into, so we started out with me saying, Hey, I, I know more about scams than most people. And let me tell you about them. And then I said, you know, just cause you call most things shouldn't be called scams. They're just overpriced or bad ideas. And then things, everything's not a Ponzi. Some pyramids are just pyramids, not Ponzi's. 
right? It depends on the promises that are made. So the pyramid uh, requires multiple levels. Like Amazon's not a pyramid. It's got one tier affiliate scheme. Tesla's not a pyramid. It's got a one tier affiliate pr- uh, scheme. Hex is not a pyramid. It's got a one tier affiliate scheme. That's it. One tier. You're not making money. You're not increasing the maximum number of middlemen between product and user. That's, that's why pyramids suck and are illegal. So pyramids are different from Ponzi's, although they can be the same sometimes. Uh, Ponzi's and pyramids are different than scams, although they can be the same sometimes. Uh, and if you want to have, a, if you want to have an impact against scams, there's only three things you can do. Law enforcement doesn't work. Richard, what? How can you say that? Because some countries don't have good law enforcement. So even if you write good laws, they might work well in some countries. But if you're in a country where they can't enforce the murder law very well, I assure you that enforcing the scam laws is way down lower on their list of priorities than the murder laws. And, and so even if you had 10x the regulatory enforcement funding, 10x the people working on it, you're not going to have an impact in all countries. So if you care about people that live in, in countries that are a little crappier, it would be nice to, to be able to help those people too. So the other problem is with law enforcement is it's post facto. You need to break the law and then they take months to generate data and uh, create cease and desist and injunctions and you know incarcerate you and knock your door down and get evidence and all these different things. That takes a long time. And while they're doing that, all the money's already gone and they're not getting it back. Very rarely is money recovered for the victims. So post facto punishment enforcement, even with amplified funding, is not an ideal situation for the, the people that lost all their money and aren't getting it back. So, hey, you lost all your money, but look, that guy's in jail now. Don't you feel better? No. We want people to not lose their money in the first place. So if the law enforcement angle can't work, then that leaves two angles. Yell at people to try and make them smarter, which is the angle that you took. And what you discover is that some people didn't know that the cryptocurrency existed and was making people 10x and 100x and 1,000x returns, but could be risky. And then you advertise the scam and you get more people into it that might never even have heard of it. So when you... Go ahead. I can tell you when I talk. That can be a risk. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it did. It would have had that same effect because the interest in the book was precisely because it was in the air at the time. Like, sure. My timing was miraculous, right? Yeah. I had a self-published hit of the sort that never happens. Because yeah. my timing You're was lucky. coincidentally perfect. Yep. You know, I, and I you couldn't have predicted that because it takes lag time to build the book and to have the release of the book yeah. in a similar time to the peak I honestly thought I'd sell like luck. two or three hundred copies. I sold <clears> 10,000 and that's an amazing that's number for a published book. Yeah. You know, I, made, I made a bundle. It good was job. Good. Good and then job. my, I, I did all this talking to retail investors. Then my actual readers. Show your book. Be, you got your book? Business. Absolutely. All right. Here it is. You can get it on Amazon and Amazon. I linked, <laughs> and I linked to Google's preview of your book that was online. So yeah. I think they show I mean, some snippets of it. It's not hard to get a free copy of the book. I put it on LibGen myself, you know, um, right. which I wouldn't say everyone should do, but it worked for me because right. it turns out my actual markets, business and finance people, and they would rather spend five quid at Amazon than um, hunt it down, go yeah. onto a pirate site. And right. if anyone goes on a pirate site, they're probably poor and they'll probably read it and talk about it. And that's fine. Right. And, so I make a bit of money from the book, but I also make more money from doing talks and panels and stuff. Right. And well, I like you better than Noriel. You're, you're a lot more fun to talk to. So I hope you take away all Noriel's business. <laughs> Fuck Noriel Labini. He, he's a douche. He's, he's very knowledgeable. <laughs> he's very sincere, but he gets, he, he doesn't maintain the affable. Um, sort he of thinks he's a big uh, guy, cool. but he's a little bitch. He talks like a big guy, but he's a midget. I don't understand it. 
I mean, oh, I, 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 man. I think he's pretty cool. He knows his stuff. Well, Even yeah, but wrong, I mean, he's be wrong. maintaining the fucking status quo that like money has these certain properties and crypto doesn't have them. It's like, it doesn't take a specialist to fucking do that. Like, no, crypto is not used as a unit of account anywhere. So, okay, not a, not a currency then. All right. Well, you know, what other interesting thing does he say? He says the price goes down and that they don't meet the, the requirements for being a currency. And he has no other interesting statements. That's this, this is summation of, you could just skip having them on there and I could tell you those two things, you know? Yeah. I mean, um, <clears throat> it's like I, I, I now do a blog about blockchain and cryptos and it's like, I'm not t- talking to the retail investors much, if ever. I'm talking to people who know this stuff and they are probably well enough, well, they're probably well off enough or well into it enough that if they that their money is their own problem, I know. And right. then we can talk about the details. Right. Um, and so, so I want to yeah. I want to finish up too. So a lot of times when we have these smart people conversations. We'll open up a thread and it has a lot of little heads on it, and we need to go and revisit and tie the loose ends. So Ponzi's and pyramids and scams have certain traits. We can fight them with increased funding for law enforcement, yelling at people to make them smarter. Hey guys, stop giving this thing money. They usually don't believe you. They believe the scammers. No. Because the scammers... Some people, can, some scam- people are looking actively for scams to fall for. They're the people who... Everyone knows someone like this. They are, they're always got a new scheme going. And even yeah. if they make money from it, they'll lose it in three months. Yes, those people do exist. Um, so I try to advertise against uh, that. Right? I, I try to advertise against gaming. I try to advertise against uh, gambling. Um, I advertise against uh, margin trading because I think almost everyone loses. Yep. Um, margin trading on cryptos is nuts. Yeah, it's like, yo, it, people don't realize the victimization there. The reason 100x margin exists is because they want all your money. And if you if you have a do- if you have a hundred dollars and you go to the exchange and you bet a hundred dollars, they're going to make uh, three quarter of one percent on your on your transaction. 0.075%. It's actually less. It's, it's less than three quarter. It's like a tenth of three quarter percent. Um, now, how can they get more money from you? Well, if you only placed one trade, well, they didn't make any money. They need you to place more trades, getting in and out, getting in and out, getting in and out to multiply the house advantage against you to multiply the fees that you paid. Or, or what if we let him bet money he doesn't have? What if we let him bet a hundred times the money and then we make a hundred times the fees? And then we hope he still gets in and out a lot. And, and people don't realize that, this, that margin trading is basically, okay, here we have a volatile thing that goes up and down with huge amounts of uncertainty. The game used to be more predictable, right? From, from 2015 to 2017, price never dropped more than 40%, and it went up 100x. That's what it did. So you could have bought every 40% dip and murdered it. Well, now the game changed. You can't do that now. The game changed. So that pattern no longer works. That fractal does not work. President Z said nice things about blockchain. Price went up 42% in a single day. No follow through. Never made another high. Just went down and made new lows. Everyone that bought that nice green candle wrecked. You're just like, what the fuck? We can't get any follow through. <laughs> like, this is not normal. This is not normal. So the market's doing different stuff now. And that means that even if you even if you have the chart memorized and even if you're a smart analytical dude and you know you found some some advantages that you could use, the game changes on you and it will always continue to change. And what used to work stops working. So it 
you used to be able to make money in margin using some pretty simple patterns. Now it's a lot harder. And that just helps the houses. That just helps the exchanges. That just helps the guys that steal all the coins. So BitMEX has over 30,000 coins in a retirement fund that they call an insurance fund, but really it's just their money. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. They can just go buy a big yacht with it. And the guy, the found, people that founded BitMEX are both billionaires. How? Because they took money out of users' pockets and they moved it into their pockets because they just bet, I think the price is going to go up and I think the price is going to go down. And one of these guys is going to be wrong always. And they're going to make money either way. They make money on volatility. Yeah. So the world is better, I believe, if less people are staring at screens trying to steal the money of other people. You stare at a screen and try and steal other people's money. They stare at screens and try and steal your money. Neither of you actually is happy if the other guy wins. And even if you win, you're helping perpetuate the other poor son of a bitch's horror on the other side of the screen. None of you is building anything. You're just trying to steal each other's money. I don't think that's a good use of human's time. So I, I advertise against it. However, because some people won't listen to me and won't take my good advice, <laughs> I would like to see margin trading added to Hex. And there's an open source package to do it. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if someone was looking at quotes to, to try and implement something like that. Because that's a really good idea. Why? You know what? If you're going to lose all your money on BitMEX, fuck that. We'll give you less. You can lose your money slower over here and have a chance that you could quit with some capital left because we reduced the margins and there's, there's no, it's open source, right? There's no like evil guy that has some special access that he has an advantage over the system. Just like Uniswap. In Uniswap, nobody, the founders didn't make any money. It's a public good. They don't have their own token. They could have made millions having their own token. It's a public good. So You'll more have to of get that. rid of margin trading and so forth because people wanted this stuff in. I've, I was I've been doing a lot of deep dives for historical stuff, looking at early Bitcoin talk um, when it was all on when everything was on Bitcoin talk. Yeah, you know, they well, were IRC. trying IRC and Bitcoin talk. Yeah, um, they were trying to do sort of they were trying to hand roll every sort of financial derivative you can think of from first principles and they often didn't understand what they were doing but they were trying anyway you know poker and, was in the original bitcoin client yeah the original bitcoin client had poker in it and it had a market in it it was like um they they were so keen to do this stuff from day one yep. that i don't know there's something about when you say whole new form of money it attracts people who want certain things well i tell you look I speak out against scams. I speak out against Ponzi's. And I didn't tell you my cure. My cure, since yelling doesn't work, you can't yell at the same scale. They get they get money from the people they scam to amplify their voice and have a force multiplier and buy advertisements. Is the anti-scammer, you have no revenue, you have no income, your sales pitch isn't as good, it's not as polished, and you can't even get it broadcast because you can't afford the media. So anti-scamming... It turns out writing for a living doesn't make me rich, which is really annoying. I, I also, I understand completely... The, li the life of a good, honest artist or author is, is very uh, pecunious. So it's very hard. I have a day job. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, we can fight scams at scale, and I came up with a way to do it. And I am doing it, and it's actually working. I am fighting scams at scale, but no one realizes it because, I don't know, I have to educate them. How do you fight scams at scale? You need to starve them of economic energy. How do you starve them of economic energy? Law enforcement doesn't work. It's post facto, and it doesn't. And some countries don't have good law enforcement. Uh, yelling them doesn't work. Usually, they get advertised a scam that they wouldn't have fallen for. Uh, I invented like a diode where you warn people that are already in, but you don't give them the keywords to fall for it. But it's hard to execute for most people. It takes a lot of self control, you know. 
Um, diodes allow things to go one way and not the other way electrically. And then the thing that works at scale is advertising non-scams and using the same sales tactics and sales pitch and referral program and limited time offer and a language that is effective. So a lot of people call hex a scam because we use language that is compelling. For instance, Ethereum went up 10,000 X in two and a half years from 15 cents to $1,500. Hex is designed to outperform that and people go crazy. They go, wow, you can't, you're guaranteeing 10,000 X returns. What are you stupid? No, this stuff could go to zero. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm telling you that this happened. It did it. And it did it without these cool properties like lockups and referral program, which we know work and are awesome. That simple, right? Um, so people, people yell and scream that hex and audited viewable, verifiable, you know, thing that's decentralized. There's like, if I die, website goes offline, doesn't matter. Smart contract still that lives in the, in the internet still does what it's supposed to do. You mint your own coins, you mint your own rewards, just like mining Bitcoin, except different network rules. No one can hand them to you. You're not buying them from someone. You're inventing them. Um, like we are taking sales guys from actual scams. So for instance, there was a scam called BitConnect and Trayvon James and uh, Craig Grant were two guys that were top promoters of that, of that uh, system that failed and went to zero basically. Um, most people would say it was a Ponzi. Uh, they promote hacks now. And because they're promoting hacks, they don't have as much time to promote shit that sucks that's worse. So we're stealing energy from scams and putting them into something else because listen, it's all the same sales pitch. One coin and plus token and real Ponzi say that they're distributed uh, cryptocurrencies when they're not. And they say that they're gonna go up in price, which they do, you, you know, perhaps artificially. Uh, and real cryptocurrencies have that same sales pitch. Yes, this shit, look, hex is up almost 4X in a fucking month. What do you want? That's good. And there's liquidity. You can sell into it. You can sell one to a hundred ETH and it's going to barely make a difference to the, the book. Like it, you'll get like maybe 1.9% of slippage, maybe 1.8% of slippage with no counterparty risk. It's fucking awesome. Like it's, it's liquid. You can sell into it. And if you don't like the price, here's the funny thing. If you don't like the, the price of hex going up, we'll go sell some. Oh, what's that? You can't sell any because you don't have any and neither is anyone else because they keep time locking it. Well, I guess what is going to happen if people keep buying a thing that they can't sell because they lock it up? Your fucking price is going to keep going up as it was designed, not through entrepreneurial effort, not through uh, managerial effort, a good design, just like hundreds of other cryptocurrencies before it have, right? So now it's doing a parabola as it was designed to do. So if we can continue to get scale with this system, then it will starve scams that aren't real cryptocurrencies, that aren't audited, that aren't trustless, that aren't decentralized. It will starve those fucking scams of mind space and mind share and economic energy. And it scales. Now, here's the thing that, that's hard about the scaling. People don't accept crypto advertisements. God damn. They won't accept the fucking things. You're, it's amazing how you cannot actually buy crypto advertisements anywhere. You try and put ads on Facebook, they turn them off. You try and put ads on Google, they ban your fucking account. You try like, you, dude, there is very strong censorship against crypto because as you said with Wikipedia, the, the spammers, because of the damn scams, you know? Um, and it's unfortunate yeah. that as an outlier, as an honest open source, we'll see, most people don't understand how open source works. 
Most people think open source means you can see the source. That really means source available, technically. So Hex is source available. You can audit it, you can verify it and all that stuff, but it is not licensed free to copy, right? Um, so it's built on an open source platform, which is Ethereum, but the actual Hex code itself is not open source copyable. It's, op it's viewable source verifiable, you know? Um, so I think we can stop scams with better advertising. You could do it for the S&P 500. You could do it for a Vanguard index fund. You could do it for a lot of things. If you don't get your marketing message in front of these people that are gonna get scammed by shittier projects, they're gonna lose their money. There's nothing you can do about it otherwise. Because I tried, I yelled against the ICOs, I yelled against the scams, no one cares. No one cared and you feel bad. You feel bad because they made fucking 100X and you're sitting there yelling about it, looking like an idiot. Just like everyone that's yelling about Hex right now. Yeah, it's a scam, it's a scam. Okay, well, you know, the people that bought it last month are up, you know, 4X, so maybe maybe you should stop giving economic advice, I don't know. People yell at Tesla's a scam, now it's all time highs. Speculating's hard and, and most of the people on the internet that try and do it aren't any good at it. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I have to get going, it will right. be in an hour. Yeah, but um, yeah. So I hope we so we should talk the blockchain enough. I think we found a common agreement on all of it. If we do this again, or if we've got four or five minutes, I'd like to just cover what I think blockchain could be. I think it I think it could make a huge difference if everyone's got a wallet and we get those circular economies that you were talking about. They do I mean, it on WeChat. My, one thing I'm working on now, one of my two unfinished books is one about Libra, which is a fascinating thing in sort of all sorts of ways because david marcus is is an early bitcoin guy right He's he a smart started guy. at our bitcoin ideas but then he did them all sort of weird and we now that's facebook's libra and he caught everyone's attention in a really the worst way you think he was um the regulators hated it the second they saw it yeah i, th I think the very first they should have started their own company separate from facebook and facebook could have acquired yeah. it later there was a branding it, it, problem. Facebook doesn't realize their brand Facebook. sucks. But also, the problem wasn't that it was a cryptocurrency, whether it is or not, right. whether it's a proper blockchain. This is all debatable technically. Yeah. The problem was that it was at Facebook scale. and It was a real threat. If you, yeah, it, it's, yeah. A, it's a real threat from people who clearly don't understand how economics, macroeconomics actually works. Yeah, more efficiency is better for everyone. It's like when the UK did the Brexit thing. I was talking to a UK buddy of mine, and uh, you know, he says, "Oh, it's going to all be better." And I'm like, eh, "You know, you're, if you have trade deals, what that really means is you're both choosing to screw each other with taxes. If you have no trade deal and you just have free trade, it means that the governments get less money because this government's not taxing those imports, and this government's not taxing those imports, and then both governments get less money. That's for most libertarians a win so we would prefer a free trade with less government tax and if you're if you're breaking off to do your own separate thing to cut better deals well really you're just selectively fucking certain industries which is always yep. absurd to me you're like oh so pringles chips get taxed less than normal chips which you in the uk call crisps because they're not actually potato chips they're paste that gets mushed and formed into a quote biscuit for taxation purposes. That's fucking stupid to me. I, I don't think the potato chip guys should be getting beat up and that Pringle should have an advantage over them because some government bureaucrat, you know, it just, I'm not a big fan of a lot of what governments do. Some stuff is okay, but they fuck up a lot. And I think open source peer to peer, uh, things that have competition 
tend to be more efficient. And then I think that if we have competition in currencies and we have competition with open source and, uh, and removing middlemen, removing counterparties, removing special, you know, accesses and privileges that people have, that's better for the world. You know, I want to, I want to see more of the open source stuff that really worked well in servers and, uh, you know, even for the phone with, uh, Android, I want to see more of that in finance. And it seems like these mad gains making things are the only way to onboard those users at scale that then it may transform into something that goes, even the blue chip Bitcoin goes down 85% every three years. We can get out of that volatility perhaps and into something that has real utility for the world. And this I think is a transitory phase for us where we just have to do it. I mean, originally every new technology gets adopted by criminals first because they need it more and then it gets to the real world. Yeah. Anyway, it's good talking um, to you. You too. Thanks Anytime you want to have a chat, uh, maybe something exciting happens. Uh, you've been a pleasure to talk to. If there's been, if there's news, hit me up. All right. See you, man. Catch you later. Bye. Ciao. That was a good conversation. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything that he believes that isn't accurate. So, yeah, it sounds couldn't couldn't find anything wrong with what he's saying. Uh, but it's weird because he's a blockchain naysayer. I'm a pro blockchain guy. So did I do something wrong? <laughs> should I, should we have found more disagreement? I don't know. Um, Let's answer questions from chat. Um, I, I enjoyed that talk. I, I love talking to, to people that know as much about the blockchain as I do. Sysadmins, you know, they, they have a good head for tech. Uh, Richard Hart, can you talk about DYDX? Sure. Um, DYDX, I've never used it, but apparently it's an open source software that allows you to do margin trading which I think only has three pairs on it. And probably the most popular one is the DAI, DAI stablecoin versus Ethereum. And man, I thought, wouldn't that be interesting if uh, somebody forked that, slapped a hex label on it, and then allowed you to margin trade uh, hex probably versus DAI, I guess. But I guess you could also have a hex ETH pair and then people could play the game that I suggest people don't play trying to guess, uh, you know, market movements and timing and such. But for fun, for fun, if hex price is, as it says under my face here, up 3.8 X in 27 days with liquidity. Um, imagine if you had margin on that, <laughs> imagine if you went, uh, you know, 10 X long and now you're up 40 X in a month, you know, it's it's a compelling offer for people that think they can predict the price, you know, the ability to make 10x more. It's an interesting offer, right? Um, so I'm still going to advise people to not try and predict price. But look, if everyone's going to get wrecked and lose all their money on Max, I'd rather they, you know, try uh, the open source peer to peer, you know, trustless, no counterparty risk version. Uh, I think that's better for everything. So the things that I would love to see added to Hex are, you know, anonymity with Tornado.cash, uh, with Hex of certain amounts, pay your transaction fees in, sex, instead, in Hex instead of ETH, throughput using uh, ZK Snarks, but really uh, everyone's kind of already doing that. So there'll, there'll be soon 
ways to get 100x throughput for basically any ERC20. And then because Hex is an ERC20, it will just get that advantage without having to really do any of the dev work um, itself. Um, now, what is itself, right? It's an open source setup. So itself could be you. I give you no expectations of work from anybody. Um, and then I, th I like this margin idea. So if I had to rank them, I think margin would get more adoption. Anonymity is cool, but people mostly don't really care. So I would put margin up here, and then I would put anonymity here, and then I would put uh, throughput here, and then I'd pay pay fees in hacks instead of ETH about there. That's the, hier the hierarchy that I've got of awesome ideas. What else? Um, some people uh, joined an airdrop that uh, some entity ran that was giving away 50 million hacks for people that signed up, uh, you know, and followed the Twitter and joined the Telegram and followed the Facebook and things like that. Apparently those guys have all been paid, so they're happy. And it's interesting to me because I thought that these would be like, you know, third world guys that didn't have a lot of money and were happy to do stuff for, you know, what worked out to be, I guess, $1.40 on average per person. Um, you know, I thought, well, when they got paid, maybe they'd just sell. Maybe they'd dump it. But it looks like they're interested in holding it and staking it, which is not what I expected. Um, you know, very interesting. It's, it's amazing the things that, that people will do that, uh, that you wouldn't expect. I'll tell you one of those things right now. I'm still shocked about this. Um, some dude bought 40 or 50 grand. I think it's about 47 grand, like 50 grand worth of ETH on Uniswap market bot, uh, 250 ETH worth of hex, about 50 grand. Pushed the price up five or 12%, I can't remember which. And he, uh, I don't even need this anymore, I'm not talking anybody. I always do that. <clears throat> so then I was like, damn, look, whale sighted. You know, I tweet, whale sighted, look, there's a whale, he, you know. And then I wondered, well, is, did he also go into AA? And then, uh, you know, AA looked, pretty normal. Looked like the AA system didn't get hit. You know, that, that settles uh, once a day at the end of the day, the ratio gets found. You know, if, if you put in 10% of the ETH that day, you get 10% of the hex bucket that day, it's about 511 million hex. So it, it was interesting to see, well, the guy hit Uniswap pretty hard. Would he hit AA hard as well? And the unique thing is there's less liquidity in AA because there's only about 500 million coins available. There's over 10x the liquidity in Uniswap. There's there's over 5.5 billion coins available in Uniswap. It's over 10x the liquidity. So if someone, if some whale wants to get in, unless they're going to spread the order over time, there's more liquidity in Uniswap than there is in the adoption amplifier. And so that was interesting to me to, to see where whales are choosing to, to enter the ecosystem. And then, you know, I saw in the chat, somebody had posted that somebody had staked like 250 million hex for 5,555 days, which is the longest time frame that you can do it. You can't stake for longer than that. And then somebody was saying it was the same guy. I was like, ah, no way. Come on. Somebody, somebody market buys 50K on Uniswap and then just stakes it for max stake. That's too good to be true. It can't be, right? So I look into it. And then the guy that designed the... so. In Hex, we have it's fully distributed. All of those sites that you see that analyze it and, and show you the statistics and stuff, that's all you know, community-made stuff. So this guy that uh, wrote uh, hexinfo.io, he has a tool where you can take anyone's address, including your own, and pay, put it on his website and you know, click graph, and it'll show you the chart of their stakes over time. 
So this is when their stakes are expiring. And this this mega whale, I mean, I don't want to call them mega whale, it's just 50 grand, but in, in hex terms, man, like if you, if you buy something and you push the price up five or 12% and then lock it for 15 years, that is so baller. Can you imagine some guy walks into Vegas or like, uh, I don't know, some desk where people accept money and you're supposed to get returns. Uh, you know, walks in and gives him 50 grand. He's like, okay, here's my 50 grand. I'm coming back in 15 years. Have my returns ready for me. That's so baller. Like, it's <laughs> so baller. Because again, he's single bought. He didn't spread his buy. And he, uh, he staked it for the maximum length he could possibly do it. And if you view his, you know, I tweeted the, the tool. If you view his stake, you actually have to like, if you want to see his earlier stakes, um, he had some expiring, I think like every year. You've got to zoom on just that part because this last one that he did was so much larger than those that it screws up the scale. So they just look really tiny. So some guy came, market bought 50K of Hex on Uniswap and then staked it for 5,555 days, the max length stake. And, it, and now it appears like he made a good move because now the price is just keeps going up. I think, I think after he did it, the price went up a little bit more and I think it might've been the same guy. So when you go to, uh, pools.fyi, it'll, uh, it'll show you the size of the orders and when they happened. And then like the first few letters of their address. So it was like a zero four X, like a purple zero four X. If I remember it right, they bought the two fifty, And then I think they might've bought like eight or nine more be, uh, ETH worth. And then the price came down a little bit and then just other people just pushed it back up. And then now like, I think, I mean, I'm going to look it up actually. Let's take a look. Let's all go right now and see what the hex price is doing. So I think the best website to view it is probably hexinfo.io. So let's just go there. But you can also go to CoinGecko. Um, they're both, they're both going to give you an accurate price chart based on Uniswap, which is where all the volume is. All the volume. Um, so right now, hex, what? Okay. Hex is up 3.76x from 25 days ago, says uh, Hex Info. Now, if I check this data over on CoinGecko, and I believe Hex Info is just pulling it from CoinGecko. Um, so I'm gonna just verify that, because I thought we were further along than 25 days now. I think we were at like 27 days, so that seems like stale to me. Uh, hex. Now, mind you, our ranking in the market cap is entirely wrong because none of these sites have our circulating supply accurate. So until they do, you know, our market cap is never going to show right. Yeah, so the data I'm getting from CoinGecko, which looks more recent, is that we're up uh, 3.75x in 27 days, which is 375.5% in 27 days. Now, when I say up, I like to say the price is multiplied by, which is that X number, because you get an extra one X out of it because it includes itself. So like if Bitcoin went from a thousand to 3000, it's up 200% profit, but the actual price is three X because it went to 3000 from a thousand, right? So in hex, you know, the price at the bottom was 0 0.405645. And now the price is 0 0.20s, 1286.72. Or no, that I'm sorry. That's that's the all-time high. The the price right now is uh, 0.00021106. I hate these damn decimals. One day when hex is worth a lot more, uh, if it is, 
no expectations, then uh, we'll have less decimals to deal with, which will be nice. So anyway, I like that language of how many X multiple you've done better because you get that extra one X or extra 100% out of it instead of just saying up. So I like saying that hex price has done a 3.75 X. I like saying that better than hex is up 2.75 X um, or 275%. It, I think you'd almost have to be a trader to really understand the, the difference between those two statements. So it seems like the bigger one may have more utility to the average, the average Joe. Um, yeah, like, would you feel good if Bitcoin went from 1,000 to 3,000 and tripled in price? Would you feel good saying it's up 2x when it tripled? You're like, eh, I think tripled sounds better. I think tripled sounds better than up 2x. And so in this, you know, nearly quadrupled sounds better than, you know, up 2.75x. That's pretty parabolic. Um, I don't have it set up. Well, do I want to risk it? One day, I'm going to set it up so that I can share my screen with you. But for now, just go to coingecko.com and type hex, wait for it to appear, and then click it. Uh, it'll be like the second or third one down. I think second. And then uh, go down to the bottom and click the 60-day chart. Do the 30-day chart. And if you want it to make it look really cool, make your screen you know, the minimum width left to right, which is going to amplify the the parabola. So if you make a really long screen, your parabola is going to look really long. But then if you like mush your screen to like more cell phone format, your parabola is going to look really more exciting, which to tell you the truth, should your parabola look exciting at, you know, 3.7 X and less than a month? Yes, it really should look exciting. It really should look like a parabola because that's insane price performance. Yeah. So the fact that somebody came along and just market bought 50 K and staked it for 15 years, you can't ask for more than that. That's about the maximum possible performance you could ask for from a, from a hexer. So I call him a Chad whale hexer, you know, <laughs> man, this is like awesome. And so, you know, you can look it up and see how much more money he's got. So I went and looked at the address. It looked like he had like 245 ETH left in that address, but I didn't go back farther to see like, is this dude holding a much larger stack? Could he do more of these kind of things? You know, it's, uh, it would be interesting. I hope he, I hope he's got a huge stack. I hope. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Let's go back to chat here. So pools, pools.fyi, awesome way to see the, the trades on, uh, hexdex.win, which just forwards to uniswap.exchange. Uh, uh, hexstat.com, wonderful website to see AA entries. Hexinfo.io, wonderful site. Hex.vision, wonderful site. Um, if you want to trade the BTC pair, I think the price might be up at two sats now. I'd have to do the math. I mean, I could, like, so you might be able to trade with less resolution and less liquidity the BTC pair on buydesk.com, which now has a seven BTC a day limit that you can trade without AML KYC. I think 250 ETH and seven BTC, I think. Um, Crypto Tonight asks, well, I have to speak about longevity. What are my thoughts on coronavirus? Look, we will have a global pandemic that kills millions and millions and millions of people if we don't work hard and we need to work harder. The fact that we had a shortage of masks is stupid. 
because I assure you making masks is a lot more technologically feasible than curing diseases. So this seems like a low hanging fruit of, you know, improvement for the world. If we have enough damn masks for when the problem shows up and they will show up as you can see from the coronavirus, I, I think medical research is the best thing any human being can do and we need to fund it more. And, uh, it's next up on my menu, you know, um, I like to look at what's going on a hex a lot. Uh, I'd like to at some point transition into to doing more for SciVive and, and the longevity stuff because as my lifestyle changed, hex launched, nothing changed. I have, uh, you know, less sleep, <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing improved in my life. Um, other than I get to brag about founding something amazing, I guess. So at some point I'd like to do something that has long lasting value to me personally and my family, which would be medical research. Uh, cause I'm going to need it at some point, particularly with my diet. <clears throat> I'm reading chat questions here. And you know what? So I don't have to look over so hard. I'm going to move chat questions closer to the camera. So now I can see you guys. Um, <clears throat> Somebody says, while doing the coin gecko stuff, go ahead and hit the like. I don't know what that does, but I guess it's kind of cool. I, I like it when people like hex stuff. Any plans for updates to the hex site? Uh, we never talk about any expectations of any sort from anyone. So no plans. There is no plans. There is no expectation of work from anybody. Um, so they ask, what about a desktop wallet? Um, I think desk wallet, desktop wallet's a stupid idea. So there's code and you can run code and some ways you run code is less risky. And some ways you run code is more risky. And there's really nothing more risky than running an exe file on your computer. So standalone software, in my opinion, is less secure than a web app that's sandboxed. So I, I think web apps are superior to standalones um, because then you don't have users installing EXEs and oh, they downloaded the wrong EXE from the wrong place and it was a scam and now they lose everything. That That's a lot harder to have happen with a, a web app. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of executables that run in computers. You shouldn't download EXEs unless you really, really have to. <clears throat> so he says it would be cool to make multiple stakes at once. You could actually do that with a contract. So you could write a, a contract in Solidity or Viper um, that allows you to do multiple stakes at once. Thus, that's not something you would solve on the desktop, probably when it would be better done, I believe, uh, through a contract on the blockchain. I think there's less attack surface that way. What do we have to do to have the market cap circulation shown on CoinGecko and the other market cap websites? Well, Hex has two numbers, which are important for supply. Um, our circulating supply is actually what everyone else calls their total supply because we burn the coins. So when you stake a coin, it gets destroyed. 
So when you look up the circulating supply using the ERC-20 standard of hacks, what you really, when you look at the total supply using the ERC-20 standard of hacks, what you're actually getting is the circulating supply. The coins that are not burnt. Most of these tracking websites aren't set up to handle that. They don't, they don't understand that. So you have to tell it to them. So if someone wants to explain to CoinGecko that the circulating supply uh, is the ERC-20 total supply, now here's the problem with that. Bitcoin gets credit for its market cap of coins that have never moved. They're counted as circulating supply. That is unfair because they're obviously not circulating. And now is it fair that if someone stakes, you know, 4 billion coins for a day in hex, is being staked for a day not circulating? And what should the time frame be when you consider something not circulating? It's a good question because it's better for hex price if supply is removed from circulation and then it can't be sold. That's why vesting periods exist in stocks. That's why CDs exist where you time lock your money. You know, the time value of money is important. In hex, the more people that lock up their coins, literally it lowers the supply that's circulating, literally lowering the market cap. So the better Hex does, the lower the market cap gets. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> like, interesting. Um, so if, if people wanted to show a large number from the Hex ecosystem, what you would do is you'd go to hexstat.com. So if you want to know the actual total supply of Hex, all the Hex that have ever been minted, then you go to hexstat.com. And what it's going to do is it's just going to look up on the blockchain this storage field called allocated supply. And allocated supply uh, is the record of all the coins that uh, I have to I have to look it up. It's either all the coins that have ever been burnt and are waiting to be you know minted anew with rewards that have been staked, uh, or it could actually have already done the addition, and it could be all the burnt coins plus the the circulating coins, which is the ERC-20 total supply. I can't remember which one it is, but Hextat already knows and has already done the math. So right now, Hex has uh, 82 billion, uh, 82.9 billion, which we'll call 83 billion. He uses G, which, you know, he loves his scientific math notation. It means giga, which means billion. Everyone told him he should use a B, but he's really into the science stuff. So uh, 82.9 billion Hex have been minted of which 18 billion are circulating. Now that's a ratio of, you know, an extra like 20. So basically 20% of the supply is circulating and 80% uh, of the supply is staked. And the ratio of that is like a 5x basically. So if you're, if you're just counting the, uh, the circulating supply, you're going to get a 5x lower market cap than if you were counting the total supply, which is what Bitcoin does. Bitcoin counts the total supply as circulating. So if you wanted to, you know, kind of have a similar comparison, um, market cap wise, looking for a large number, then you would multiply 82 billion times the price. Uh, and the price, which is also in hexstat.com, is .00021 USD. So let's do that math. Let's do, Let's do 82.9 billion, so we'll call it 83 billion. And it's just nine nines, I think. Yep, 
83 with nine nines. It's going to be 83 billion. And we'll multiply that times 0 0.00021. And then we'll divide it by a million. 17 million. So the total market cap of hacks, if all of the total supply was counted as circulating, would be 17 million. Uh, on day 61 of a 350 day, 351 day launch phase, 350 day claim phase. So you might want to even go all the way to day 353 when the big payday gets paid out. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at our market cap on, so counting our market cap, kind of like Bitcoin does with all circulate with all total supply counted as circulating, which also doesn't make sense because we've got a lot of 15 year stakes. Um, then our market cap is 17.4 million, roughly we'll call it 17 million. Um, and that's going to go up every day, uh, because new supply is created every day and it appears to be 75 to 80% staked, uh, every time it comes out which I think is why the price keeps going up because if people stake 80% of the coins they get and they keep buying, well, there's just not enough coins to sell compared to the buy pressure. And the only people that can, if you don't like the hex price and you want to move it down, well, go sell it. Oh, you can't sell it unless you already bought coins. The only people that can hurt the hex price, are the people that, you know, for the most part only bought coins or otherwise got supply. So if, if, if supply is hard to come by, hard to sell that price down, eh? Which is why it's up for, uh, you know, roughly four X has, has done a four X just about 3.73 X in 30, 27 days, 27 days. All right. So we were going to, so let's go to coin market cap, which is just hilarious. So coin market cap's hilarious because they don't track the exchange that hex does all of its volume and all of its trading on. So hex, I think yesterday did maybe a hundred K of volume, uh, on hexdex.win which is Uniswap. And then it did maybe like $5 on Bitcoin.com. So because CoinMarketCap doesn't trade the awesomest exchange that Bitcoin trades or that Hex trades on, their data is useless. And people keep like going to the site and, you know, saying, Hey, look how much Hex sucks. I'm like, dude, Hex is awesome. This site just doesn't track any of it. Like, you know, one day when they do what CoinGecko does and track Uniswap, then this shit will be fixed not the market cap stuff, but at least the, the price chart. So if you guys want to lobby coin market cap and ask them to track uh, Uniswap data, just like CoinGecko does, you're going to get a vastly superior, perhaps even accurate chart for hex. Um, so yeah, the market cap of hex that's declared on uh, on coin market cap on the chart is $2. So actually right now it would be like, I'm misreading this. Okay. So it's zero. The market cap is zero and the scale is from $0 to I think $3, but since they don't know the circulating supply, they can't calculate a market cap. So coin market cap doesn't even actually show any market cap whatsoever. Um, it's just not the coin market cap site is literally useless for anything with hex currently. Um, so let's go instead to coin gecko. CoinGecko, which does track uh, the exchange, which does the majority of hex trading, which I think is awesome. Um, so we're going CoinGecko, type in hex, it's the third one down. And yeah, here you've got the real chart, real volume, 
um, 99.9% of the volumes on Uniswap, which did a 24 hour volume of 319,000. So I thought that was about 100K. I guess uh, it keeps going up. So $319,000 of volume on Uniswap. The other one they're tracking, Saturn Network, $300. Okay, that's 1,000x less. That's 1,000x less. Come on. Like, <laughs> people on Twitter post charts from CoinMarketCap. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? That's not where it trades. Like, they ask CoinMarketCap to fix their site. Hex has nothing to do with that. Hex price on CoinGecko shows up 24% today. And uh, it just looks fucking good, man. Like, this looks good. <laughs> this is a nice looking chart. This is a nice looking chart. Um, very happy about this. Let's go to chat again. Uh, I'm going through the questions. Can I stake for 15 years and leave alone 15 years in Ledger and NOS? Yes, absolutely. So all Ledger does is hold a copy of your keys and it gets those keys from your seed words and you can store your seed words in any piece of paper you want in the whole world and your ledger could burn and die and you don't actually need your ledger at all. You just need your seed words. So you can stake hex for 15 years and as long as you have your seed words, you are good to go. You'll be able to input them into some device and interact with the blockchain and and end your stake when you need to. So yeah, um, as long as you have a backup of your seed words, it doesn't matter whether your ledger lives or dies. Your, your data and your money is in the blockchain. You are just holding the keys to it and managing key storage. <clears throat> let's look at the, so let's actually, somebody says Hex is number one on Uniswap. I'm gonna go check that. So the site that I use to, to check the rankings of uh, Hex versus anything else on Uniswap is called, what is it? Uniswap.info. So Uniswap.exchange is where you actually like use Uniswap or hexdex.win is better because then it, it pre-propagates the Hex address in there so you don't have to type the address in because it doesn't work in the search box because they only allow things in the search box that have a positive or neutral rating from Etherscan. And the only things that have positive or neutral ratings from Etherscan are things that have been around for a while. And since Hex is only 60 days old, it's being crippled and hobbled on the damn Uniswap search bar because of time and we can't change time. So Uniswap has been reached out to, Etherscan has been reached out to, whatever. We just have to deal with you know people using hexdex.win, which pre-propagates the contract address in there, or you can copy paste the contract address into the search by yourself. Make sure there's no spaces after it. It doesn't work if there are, um, and then it works fine. Uh, so there's nothing, there's nothing that I can do or anyone that I know directly can do to, to make it work in the search bar. Um, hopefully since we're top uh, seven user of the system, they would uh, say, Hey, you know, let's have everyone have a better user experience and have a functioning search bar, but, uh, it's up to them. So, Welcome to the blockchain. Welcome to distributed. 
<clears throat> if you don't like it, go build a better front end for Uniswap. You can build your own front end for Uniswap. It is, a, it is an audited open source contract. You can build your own front end for it. You don't have to use Uniswap's website to use it. Um, so anybody that wants to build a better front end that has a working search box, feel free to do so. Um, maybe people will choose to advertise that instead of Uniswap's direct, uh, you know, the founders of Uniswap's hosted front end thing. Oh, so I'm going to Uniswap dot info. And this is a cool site that uh, will show you how Hex ranks in volume and liquidity uh, versus everything else that's on Uniswap. So today, Hex is number six. So that's cool. And that's on liquidity. So the liquidity is up to 2.5 million. And on volume, Hex is number one. All right. Well, you'd think they'd want to fix that search bar, eh? You know, uh, since we're number one volume user and volume's what matters. And then uh, oh, that's what matters to liquidity providers. Uh, for someone that just wants to actually get it out of the market, liquidity is more important because that makes your slippage less, makes your entry and exit better. So we're number six on liquidity at 2.5 million. And if, I mean, this chart's a little weird. We should be at five. This is weird. So Hex has 2.5 million in liquidity and the one above us, Wrapped Ether, has 2.5, 2.52 million and we have 2.53 million. So for some reason, we should be actually number five in liquidity, but the liquidity sort button at the top of the column has us at six. That's weird. <laughs> I, I know that 2.53 million is larger than 2.52 million. I know that. So we should be five. I don't know why it put us at six. Rarely do I have to check the math of the column sort. That's <laughs> pretty weird. Uh, why is that? I have no idea. I mean, alphabetically, Hex is even higher up than Wrapped Ether. So if someone wants to submit a request to the uniswap.info dev and ask him why the liquidity sort uh, isn't actually doing math properly. I guess you could ask. That's funny. Um, what else? Yeah, so fuck, number one on Uniswap on volume. Up 20% of the day. Verse ETH. So when this says price change in 24 hours, this is verse ETH. So if you go like verse USD, we're up 20, oh, wait, hold on. Yeah, we're up 20% versus ETH. We're up 24% versus fiat. So maybe ETH's up like 2% or something versus fiat. Um, check that math. That math's probably wrong, but you get the idea. <clears throat> so more hex liquidity in Uniswap bonds tighter the hex price to the ETH price. And if you want the hex price and the ETH price to uh, diverge, then you have to execute your economic will on that system by... Uh, buying or selling hex or buying or selling, well, basically just buying or selling hex. And then that will shift the ratio of hex to ETH. And then their price performance will, will differentiate versus USD. So right now, if no one ever performs another trade of hex versus ETH, then the hex chart will equal the ETH chart because they're bonded. And if you want to 
break that relationship and try and uh, use some other numerator like uh, USD instead or USDT, well, then you have to execute your will on that system to, to make them diverge and debond and just move their bonding point, basically. So, you know, in a, in a static system state, the chart of X is going to be equal to the ETH chart. And the reason we're having this parabolic rise in USD that, that ETH isn't is because we're having a rise against ETH. So basically, uh, Bitcoin is rising against the dollar. Ethereum's raising against Bitcoin and Hex is raising against ETH. And so you're like, okay, that was good. And then that was good. And then that's even better. It's kind of what's happening now. Um, if you look at the charts, so pretty cool, pretty cool. I don't know what more you could ask for than about a four X in a month. Uh, I can't remember the last time Bitcoin did that. Pretty cool. <clears throat> Let's go to your chat here. I mean, what more can you want than number one? We're the number one financial app on ETH by user count every day. The only things that have more users per day, at least on DAP radar, are uh, like a game or two. And then you look at their economic volume, they don't do any actual money transacted. So number one actual user of ETH for financial purposes by users is Hex. For every day since it existed, can't do better than that. We're number one. Number one volume on Uniswap. We're number one. Uh, price up about 4x or up about 3x done a multiple of about 3.73 X in 27 days. What do you want? $1.5 billion of Bitcoin free claim their X no, over 90,000 stakes have been opened. People are opening stakes for 15 years. How much better can it get over 20,000 people in the telegram? You can't get better. Like, I mean, I, okay, I guess in theory you could get better, but damn, this is good. Now, how many positive news articles are you hearing? Uh, they don't like to write positive news articles. They just like to write negative news articles about X. <laughs> it's like, all right, guys, maybe when it, maybe uh, if it's up 10X, maybe then you write a positive article. Maybe it takes it to 100X. I don't know what it takes to get a positive article out of uh, the crypto media. It's very, very funny, very interesting. Um, if it bleeds, it leads, I guess. So when a whale gets in the AA with seconds left, is this a good thing? I think that's stupid for whales to do, um, but there's a trade-off. So. If you enter the AA early, you make it look like a worse ratio for people that come after you, and then you might scare people off. If you enter at the last moment, it might look like a better ratio for a longer period of time, and it might cause more people to enter. However, the idea that you have, the idea that you have, the chance that your estimate of what your ratio will be in theory should be more accurate the closer to the moment you get because it reduces the amount of time that other people have to move the price against you in theory in theory so it's a trade-off you can enter at the last second or you can enter at the very beginning i think whales scare people off if they enter at the very beginning i think of the if the big whale enters day you know right at the beginning then the ratio looks worse for people and i think maybe they, they don't want to play that day however 
um, if you want more certainty as to what ratio you might end up with, perhaps entering at the last moment is what makes sense. I think in the EOS launch, which had a similar 350 period launch phase, that uh, people tended to, to pile in in the last moment as well. And so maybe, maybe that just is a superior way to do it. I mean, I, I think that whales are better off entering as early as possible, scaring people away in the hopes that they might get a better ratio when it closes. But we're really in the hex ecosystem. We've only got 61 or 60 rounds of data to look at, which isn't a huge sample size. So, you know, it's hard to speak with certainty about any of these things. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a learning experience for all of us. Never seen Richard smile so much. <laughs> I'm excited. Look, I'm more excited about seeing some guy market buy and stake for 15 years than I am about the launch. Like, I am much more excited about that because, you know, when we launched, it's like, okay, we launched, it works, great, awesome, let's do it. But, but now, you know, we have someone doing the pinnacle, perfect, excellent, Chad Whale, like, yeah, dude, you're the man. Whoever did that, I'd love to meet you sometime. And, you know, I, I hope very good things for you. Like, I just I didn't believe it. I'm like, so somebody just market bought and just insta-staked for 15 years. Interesting. That's pretty baller. I mean, imagine if someone, imagine if someone had the opportunity to buy Bitcoin when it first launched and then lock their coins up for 10 years. They'd be doing pretty good, pretty good. And imagine if they got interest on those coins they locked up. Oh my God, if Bitcoin actually paid interest on locking it. It can't and it won't, but boy, imagine if it did. Well, Hex does. Man, that's awesome. Very, very excited about that. I just can't, like, that's the dream, man. That is the behavior that this ecosystem was designed to incentivize and cause and apparently it worked. Look, like, look at the price. And this is without media. This is without, I don't think there's any big ad program going. This is just with the people that are smart that know about it. Damn, imagine if more people find out. I mean, so we got a Hex Filipino chat room now. We got a Hex Russian chat room now. We got a Hex German chat room for a long time now. Um, and there's people in there, you know, there's like 10 or 15 people. I think Russian chat room's mostly empty, but I think there's like, we got a French chat room. There's maybe like 15 people in the French one, maybe 10 people in the Spanish one, 10 people in the Filipino one. You can check it out. We're adding new countries. Dude, it's so cool. It's so cool, man. We're running. Nobody does Telegram as good as we do. Nobody. Um, and you can look at it in the stats. You can look at the Combat top, uh, top uh, Telegram chats and I think Hex, let's go look. Let's go look at how, how well uh, Hex is doing. That's why I love numbers, man. I mean, everything else is bullshit. Show me numbers. Show me proof. Um, Combot, Telegram top chats. This takes a long time to load, apparently. Uh, maybe I won't be able to show this to you. It's just loading forever. I'll let it sit there and load, I guess. Um, last time I looked at this, I think we were 
top 20 U.S. chat room, maybe, in all of Telegram. Ah, it loaded. Okay. So, I'm going to go to English. I'm already in Global. I'm going to click Global for fun. Uh, the second page takes forever to load. Let's go third page. Some of these chat rooms have pretty funny names. I just saw actress, I don't know, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, I regret having chose the global. Let's go English. Let's go English here. Is this why you never test things live? Because this is this lag horror? My God. Okay, I'm on English now. It seems like it's loading fast. All right, so we're number 24. Hex is the number 24 top Telegram chat powered by Combat, um, which most of the big rooms use because otherwise you just die to uh, spam. Yeah, number 24. So over 20K users in Telegram group. Over 1.5 billion BTC in claims. Price is up almost 4x in almost a month. And the average stake weighted is 860 days, and the median stake length is 630 days. There's 95,341 active stakes, 5,600 ended stakes, um, 2,900 of which paid penalties. And you can actually, there's a penalty leaderboard where you can see who paid the most penalty and why. Uh, that's on hex.vision. Um, the 24,763 Bitcoin addresses uh, claimed 167K Bitcoin, rounds to 168K. And yeah, like 100% uptime. What do you want? It's awesome. Like, oh, so today, Hexstat.com is really, really neat because it shows a chart of today's AA lobby entries compared to the last four days. So it's five total days there. So like if you mouse over right now, there's 106 ETH in the lobby. But most other days previously, there was 74, 77, 47, and 49 ETH. Well, 106 is much better than that. So it looks like we're 30 over two of the days and we're 60 over two, two of the other days. So it seems like there's more AA activity today, which kind of makes sense because maybe those people hope to, to get a good ratio and arbitrage down the Uniswap, maybe, because I think Uniswap, I haven't done the math, but it feels like, you know, we've gone up a lot on the Uniswap ratio, the Uniswap price. And so you would expect there to be kind of some movement up in the AA ratio. Um, so who knows how this will end? I don't know what, what the end result will be, but if, if your price is flying high on one thing and these things are related, you tend to probably see some, some movement on the other thing. <clears throat> yeah, so it's all coming true. Like, Pumpamental's design is working. Referrers are working. More languages are getting on. More users are getting on. More stakes are opening. It's it's working. And that dude yesterday, the, the, the Chad Whale, awesome. If you want to see a funny meme, the Chad meme, which is where this phrase comes from. Google it. It's hilarious. 
So just Google Chad meme and uh, you're gonna see a lot of funny crypto related and, and otherwise uh, related Chad memes. <clears throat> Is that it? So I think that's it. Uh, I actually wanna look and, and see what I can learn about the whale and see how much more money he might have. I'm, I'm curious to do some chin analysis for fun today. Uh, I can't really do it. Uh, it's too clunky to try and do it with you on online. It takes too much downtime and thought. So uh, I guess I'll just wrap up. Go to pumpamentals.com if you want a 10% bonus transforming Ethereum into Hex or free claiming it with Bitcoin. You can use any other person's referral link. There's nothing special about pumpamentals.com. It's yet another referral link. Uh, go to go.hex.win after you've clicked a referral link if you want the bonus. Uh, if you want to join the adoption amplifier or open a stake or refer other people, uh, you get 20% on top of whatever they get. If you want to check my Twitter out, you should. It is twitter.com forward slash Richard Hart Win. If you want to go on Telegram, we run that. Hex crypto, hex charts, hex trading, hex memes. A whole bunch of different countries now. So like, I can't even name them all because um, the suffixes are all different. Some are like, I think Hex Russia is that. I think Hex France is that. Hex Philippines is actually Hex PHI. Uh, I can't remember all, you have to ask. What else? Hex OTC, Hex Trading, Hex Charts, Hex AA, Hex Claims, Hex FUD, Hex News. Definitely do Hex News. That's a very, very high signal noise. Um, Richard's Calls, Strape, Strape Charts. That's like general crypto chat, general crypto trading. Um, if you want to donate to charity, go to scns.org. If you want amazing uh, stats websites for Hex, hexstat.com, hexinfo.io, uh, hex-data.com, hexviz.xyz, hex.vision. If you want to use Ledger, native without MetaMask, uh, hardhex.xyz. If you want another front end that you don't want to use, go to hex.win. Build your own or use uh, hardhex.xyz, something called another hex, and you can use Etherscan directly, and the instructions are written on uh, the bottom of uh, hex.win under security. I'll tell you, it's a guide. It'll show you how to use Etherscan so you don't ever have to use go.hex.win. What else? If you want multiple MetaMask accounts, just use uh, the add user feature inside Chrome. And then you can have a whole extra browser with this whole new identity and a whole new MetaMask install and all new cookies and it's its own standalone thing. And then you can, you know, isolate your work and private identity or, you know, if you want to have multiple identities uh, when you're working with your crypto, it's really handy for that. So the user user function inside Chrome, far superior to anything in, uh, in Opera or Firefox because you get standalone uh, add-ons, like, you know, different account. You can also do multiple accounts inside a single MetaMask, but they all derive from the same seed words. Um, Richard Hart on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Richard Hart, twitter.com forward slash Hex Crypto, Richard Hart Official on Instagram, I rarely ever post. Um, we've also got Hex Crypto on Insta, Hex Crypto on Facebook. We got Hex Crypto most places. 
So if you want to check out uh, what I feel is the absolute best way to trade uh, HEX to get in and out of it um, using Ethereum or any other ERC-20 that's listed there, of which there are many, go to hexdex.win or hexswap.win. They both forward to the same place, which is Uniswap. And you could go to uniswap.exchange directly and paste the contract code in there uh, with no spaces at the end. And that'll allow you to, you know, see it because it doesn't show up in the search box otherwise because we'd have to wait for uh, reputation to build, apparently. Even though we're the number one volume user. Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, yeah. So I would love to uh, see a 2020 where BTC beats up the dollar, ETH beats up BTC, and HEX beats up ETH. Uh, that would be a pretty cool price chart. That would be a pretty cool price chart. It's kind of what we've been seeing. I'd like to see more of it. Let's see how it works out. Good talking to you guys. I really appreciate you stopping by. I hope uh, I hope I defended cryptocurrency well uh, against one of its largest naysayers. You know, I've spoken to uh, almost all of the largest naysayers. I haven't talked to Noriel Rubini yet. Blocked me on Twitter, obviously, because blocked everybody. But uh, I'd love to, to crush that guy. I think he'd be... I think he would disagree more and lose a lot more. I don't think uh, David Gerard really lost any points. Um, I don't think that he said anything wrong. So, sorry we didn't have fireworks, guys. <laughs> he seemed very reasonable, and everything that he said uh, appeared to be very accurate. So, good talking to you. Um, go to pumpamentals.com. Go to hexdex.win. And join the real telegram, which is uh, t.me forward slash hex crypto. Uh, that's where I'm heading right now. I wish you all mad gains.